Welcome to another episode of the Two Smart Dummies Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marcus. And I'm your host, B. Reed. Baby, what's up, man? Nothing much, man. It's almost that time for NBA. Almost. We are we are into we're a week away from training camp, I think. Preseason gonna start here in a couple weeks. Kyrie Irving already hurt. I mean, you know, business as usual. Standard. Standard. <laughs> Operating yeah. as usual. <laughs> so uh, we got the WNBA Finals coming up. Las Vegas Aces versus the Washington Mystics. Elena Del Don, league MVP, balling it up. Somebody said that Dirk was the poor man's uh, Elena Del Don, which I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, Vegas already making noise. Those NBA, uh, yep. those WNBA teams, they move around a lot, like the old ABA. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they don't stay anywhere long. The, the San Antonio Silver Stars are now the Las Vegas Aces. Uh, captain by Kelsey Plum. I think the Tulsa like 66ers like picked up overnight and moved somewhere. Yeah, they went to Dallas, became the Dallas Wings with Skylar Diggins and Liz Cambage, who is now part of the Connecticut Sun, I think. Uh, whoever they just got beat last night. Candace Parker hates Derek Fisher like the rest of us now. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Derek Fisher, coach there or something? Yeah, so he's the coach of the LA Sparks, and he sat Candace Parker, who is his best player. Um, he sat. He basically benched her, played her eleven minutes. Uh, in uh, the in game five, basically deciding game. Um, now keep in mind, the Sparks were not going to win the series, and she hadn't played well, so it is what it is. But you don't bench your best player. I mean, that's that's some Derek Fisher bullshit ego stuff. So he wants you know, to be Derek Fisher going Derek Fisher. Yeah, he wants to be uh Jason Kidd so bad. I don't know if you know this, but you know who's actually like a really good coach in WNBA is uh, Bill Lambeer. Oh, yeah, I do know that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the WNBA talk for the month. (laughs) Um, We'll we'll touch base after the WNBA finals. Uh, But, man, I guess college football kicked off. Had a couple big games last week. Um, Notre Dame was able to hang with Georgia. Um, Yeah. Surprise? Yeah, I was, man. Uh, The most surprising thing about Notre Dame was their defense. Their defense was really, yeah. really good. Or, or flip side, maybe Georgia's offense is really bad. I don't know which one it is, but I was really impressed that Notre Dame was able to hang so closely with Georgia, especially since they lost so much talent. You know, a lot of the debate last year was that Notre Dame didn't deserve to be there. A team like Georgia was so much better. And then you see them play Georgia, and they lost just as – well, I'm not going to say just as much talent, but they lost in, you know, I guess if we're looking at – you know, how much talent each team has, I think Notre Dame probably lost just as much as uh, Georgia. Um, and they still were able to hang in there with them. So I was really impressed with, with what Notre Dame did over the weekend. Even though they still lost, it showed that they are a good football team. Yeah, unlike, you know, in previous years, Notre Dame in this matchup was going to get folded up. Yeah, so, uh, really physical. Good to see. They're, the, they're a really physical team. And that's that defense is really physical. Um, it was very impressive, so... Even though they lost the game, I think they still have a chance to be one of the teams that goes to the college football playoffs if they can finish off the rest of their schedule strong. They will need some help, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of undefeated teams. But if Clemson and OU goes undefeated, then they're kind of, you know, out of luck. SOL, yeah. <laughs> um, Auburn keeps chugging along. They beat Texas A&M by, uh, by eight points, um, you know. I like Auburn. I don't really – I do too. I don't really expect much out of Texas A&M this year. I'm just – you and I both haven't been impressed by Kellen Mond. Um, but I do like Bo Nix for Auburn. I think he's a little spark plug for them, and, and he played well. Yeah, man, I can't wait to this SEC West when they start to play each other because LSU, Auburn, Alabama, they all look really, really tough this year. So it should be pretty exciting when you really get into league play. As of right now, they're playing non-conference team. They're playing the lower tiers. But the the first half of this college football season has been 
one of the most uneventful <laughs> I've seen in years, man. It's just hadn't been a lot of great matchups. I think the best matchups have been the Pac-12 beating up on each other. Nobody really believes in any of those teams, even though they're all ranked each week just to beat up on each other. But I, it just hadn't been like this. I just feel like there's been more big-time matchups up to this point in previous years. Chip Kelly must have heard us talking shit because um, – <laughs> That offense came alive. They were able to beat a ranked Washington State team, um, 67-63, and they were down like 28 points in the game and came back and really uh, really put it to them. So, um, congrats. Welcome, welcome to life. Welcome Fools to 2019, gold. Chip Kelly. Oh, no doubt about it. No <laughs> doubt about it. He's playing Washington State who doesn't play any defense. They just had a barn burner with Houston, who I thought was a good matchup, and they ended up getting beat by some bums two lane or something last week. So I just don't think anybody in the Pac-12 is good. Man, I think all those teams come away with two or three losses. It's what it's looking like. Um, you had Michigan get beat down by Wisconsin. Um, I think I told – I mentioned this on the pod before. I had a guy try to argue with me that Jim Harbaugh was the best coach in football not named Bill Belichick <laughs> a few years ago. And I, of course, have not been impressed. And I don't think that he's going to get fired. I mean, more than likely he wins nine games, ten games. But And, I mean, hell, he probably stays a Michigan coach for as long as he wants to. But this isn't a championship team. The, the expectations for him are, are, are through the roof still. Uh, I've not been impressed with Jim Harbaugh at Michigan in the last – is this his fourth or fifth year? I don't know. I've just I've never been that impressed with Jim Harbaugh. I've never really understood why everyone was so impressed with him. Yeah, he had a good run in Stanford, but after he left, I can't remember the black guy there. He's doing the same thing, nine or ten wins. Then you go to San Francisco and he had a good year in San Francisco. And that's similar to the Dolphins running the Wildcat. I mean, after they figured that shit out with Colin Kaepernick, it didn't really work again. Well, I don't know. I don't know about that. First of all, and yes, David Shaw has done a great job at Stanford, but Jim Harbaugh was good. Um, For like you know, two those years. defenses were top. They made they made the playoffs four years in a row. Were were winning the NFC West uh, three out of those four years. Um, you know, it was them in Seattle, and you know the, the, those 49ers teams were good. Those defenses were insane. Um, you know, they didn't get the quarterback play, but they, they were a good team with Alex Smith and uh, eventually Colin Kaepernick. But I, I kind of disagree there. Um, I think I mean, you there take was... away the talent that they had on that 49ers team. I mean, they had like an all star crew of linebackers. So, but you take away. Well, yeah, just... but he drafted that. He changed that system. Yeah. He brought in Vic Fangio because. GM. But him and the GM hate each other. So, but still. You know what I mean? Like, the 49ers were an absolute garbage shithole before he got there and turned them around quickly. Um, and they haven't really been good since he's been gone. So, even though they're 3-0 and now, they've, you know, like I said, they, they, haven't, they weren't good before him and they haven't been good since him. So, that tells me a little bit about him. You're right, Stanford has kind of been the same team. Maybe not as good. Um, but Michigan as a whole has been a complete failure. Yeah, and he gets elite talent. I mean, I I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I've never been a fan. I wasn't a super fan when he was at the 49ers. Yeah, he did have great, great defenses, but part of that was he had great talent on defense. I don't know how much you can account that to being him drafting those players, but you, the last year or two that he was with the Niners, they weren't good. Then he goes into uh, Michigan. He gets these recruiting classes every year. He's even cheating and holding these camps all all over the U.S. when you're not even supposed to, recruiting the top candidates. And then they get in there, and none of them live up to their potential. I don't care if you're quarterback, cornerback, safety, defensive end. Nobody that goes there lives up to their potential. He's such a great defensive mind, and their defenses suck most years. The lucky well, part he's of- an offense. He's, he's known as a quarterback whisperer. He's um, not doing that either. He's not doing that. So, <laughs> That's probably worse. I just don't think that Harbaugh is like his his offenses are built for 2019. You know, it's the same thing with John Gruden in, in Oakland right now. It's just like those guys who think that they just want to pound. You know, they they are utilizing fullbacks. They want to run the I formation. Like that doesn't work today. There's too much speed. Too many athletes. Like you're in a uh, you're in the most talented quarterback era in history right like it's kind of like 
you know, point guards in the NBA. There's so many of them. And you've got the most talented quarterbacks in history right now as a whole, and you're not really utilizing them. That the West Coast offense, the dink and dunk stuff like that, it just doesn't it doesn't work in today's NFL because you got so many so much speed, so many athletes on the defensive side of the ball that can cut can shut that shit down. Yeah, I just saw um dang, what's the key from Mississippi State? Sweat. Montrez Sweat. Montrez Sweat. They said that, that dude's a defensive end or outside linebacker and he runs a four four. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a defensive end running <laughs> yeah. a four four. <laughs> yeah, so I could see why that wouldn't be. You're not West Coast offense is all everything within like ten to fifteen yards, get the ball in their hands, kinda of move the chains, but you're not getting any extra yards when you got defensive ends running four four. Right. So and th- and that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, we know what you're gonna do when you're in the eye. We know it's either play action or you're running up the middle. Like we know that if your base is gonna be the West Coast offense, you're getting the ball out of your hands. So while it looks like the QB has a high completion percentage, it's it's just short throws. So, you know, that stuff doesn't work today. So we'll see what Michigan does. I still think they'll win nine, ten games. Harbaugh will be there forever. Um, maybe he'll luck into a championship one of these times. Um, Pittsburgh actually beat UCF, which uh, Central Florida hasn't lost a game in like three years, I think. So they, they lost by a point Saturday. That was tough, tough sledding for them. Yeah, I mean, but it was on kind of a trick play to win the game where they do the Philly special or something yep. <laughs> to win the mm-hmm. game. So it was a pretty exciting game. They weren't, this is kind of, it, it's sad that this kind of kills their hopes now. You go undefeated for like three years and then one loss is like, oh, I told you. <laughs> you know? yep. Like, what can yep. you do to prove yourself if you can never lose and you still don't even get a chance to even get into college football playoffs? So it's, it's unfair, but eh, join a conference and shut the, shut up. And as we talked about, it looks like the Pac-12 is done. Uh, USC beat Utah, um, who is the 10th ranked team. And USC was unranked at the time. Uh, it probably shuts down the bid for the Pac-12 in general. Um, if you're looking for some great games in Week 5, let me just tell, put it this way. This is a great week to go apple picking for the first week of fall or camping, whatever it is you want to do, because there ain't a lot happening in college football this week. If you're a, a Pac-12 fan, you got USC, who's now ranked 21 after their win over Utah, going against Washington, who's ranked 17. Other than that, you got Mississippi State and Auburn um, if you're an SEC fan. If you're looking for some Big Ten action, you got Ohio State and Nebraska. This will be the first, and I don't think Nebraska's that good, but as we talked about, I, feel, I felt like they'd be a lot better. And maybe Ohio State can stop beating people 60 to nothing, or they put like 79 up, uh, you know, last game, whoever the hell they played. Um, but you and I kind of talk about this, man. This is a very lackluster college football season, like, the matchups haven't lived up to the hype, and, and it's just, I don't know what it is. Excite, as much as we love college football, the excitement just really isn't there right now. Now, for me, my team sucks. But, you know, just as a whole, as a college football fan as a whole, I just I don't feel that excitement that I did when the season first started. Well, I mean, you got to respect your team. They almost pulled up an upset against a better team. So you got to appreciate <laughs> the fight that they put in against San Jose State. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> other than that though yeah man this would be a perfect weekend to go ahead and take your significant other on a date act like you don't even care about football i'm sure there'll be some decent competitive games but overall there's nothing really to get you overly excited about um fellas this is this is brownie points weekend okay yeah, yeah. So like, i don't care you know about what football. babe yeah i don't want to watch football tonight i just want to watch you i want to take you out tonight you know <laughs> what i mean and then there you go brownie points for later on when when the, when the good game, good games are on so i, I personally um, think it has something to do with being a two by year not every year is a two by year this is one of the two by years where teams get two by weeks i don't really know exactly why that is i just heard a commentator say it that everything oh you had their first buy last week and they'll have another one later in the season so every team's gonna get two by maybe they're just trying to keep it light you don't want to take too many losses early in the season with better teams getting more rest um that's the only way i can explain it because this is the matchups have been awful (laughs) yeah not impressive at all um all right man let's get to the nfl um the titans jaguars on thursday and as thursday night games go this was about what I expected. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible game. It was um, raining, I, though. It was raining pretty Yeah, long. I turned it off in the second half. I, I just could not. But I do want to say, 
Gardner Minshew looks good, man. And and it's not like he was going against the Dolphins or, or the Bengals or somebody. The Titans have a legit de- defense, and he, you know, I, I mean, he threw for two touchdowns um, pretty quick, but they were, like, very nice throws to um, to DJ Chark. I mean, they were, they were, like, on the money, corner of the end zone. He looks very impressive. Yeah, man, I've been impressed with him and DJ Chark. Both of them have done way more than I expected of them coming into the season. Um, I think a lot of that comes from the fact that since you don't have Nick Foles, they're putting a lot of people in the box to just kind of stop that run game. And it's forcing Minshaw to actually beat him with his arm. And he did a good job of that early in the Titans game. Later in the game, it was raining so hard, I don't know if he could really get his groove going. But the defense held on, um, even through the Jalen Ramsey stuff that's going on. But I think that Minshaw is I think he's The man's name is Minshew, okay? Minshew, he's a legend. Who cares? Hey, he hadn't earned me to know his name yet. We know how this goes. <laughs> he's played two good games. <laughs> but anyways, um he's getting a lot of one on one matchups though. So that's the one thing I say. I don't think they're really game planning for him. I don't think they're really doing anything to stop the pass. Everything's focused on stopping that run. Like most of that game, Leonard Fournette had negative yards. Anytime he touched the ball, there was like seven people in the backfield to tackle him. So he's getting a lot of one-on-one <coughs> coverage on the outside. Jags haven't haven't proven to other teams that they can just beat them like that yet. Until they start doing that, they're gonna their men's shoe is gonna keep getting that one-on-one coverage. But if he keeps playing like he's been playing, then I mean that's gonna open it up for that Jags team. This Jags team can actually finish the schedule stronger if he could just do enough for Leonard Fournette to actually get running right. <coughs> Yeah, um, we'll see. I, I, like you're higher on the Jags than I am. I have not been impressed with them, and especially with now you got Jalen Ramsey faking back injuries, hamstring injuries, the flu, anything he can to get the fuck off this team. So, um, you know, not a good I, sign for me. I actually heard that his beef isn't with uh, Doug Marone. I mean, he got into it's with. Was it? I was gonna say yeah, it's with uh, what's Tom his face, Coughlin, Tom Coughlin. Yeah. yeah, his beef is really with Tom Coughlin. I don't know. I don't exactly know Tom Coughlin's role. I don't think he's just a GM. I think he designed he because I, I remember when he went there, he changed their defense. So he has something to do. It's not just a GM role. He has something to do with like football operations and the schemes they play. Also, so are the Bills legitimate? <laughs> That def- like we said, that defense is really good. I don't know how legit they are. Their competition hadn't been like elite level competition. You'll get a better idea of where they stand this week when they go against the uh, Patriots. But it's just hard to tell, man. I mean, they just win games, so you can't discount the fact that they do. They win games, right? But it's not the prettiest yeah. <laughs> of how they win games. I mean, they they make games ugly. It's all defense. They're old school running the ball. They run the ball with Josh Allen. They got a nice possession receiver in John Brown. And they're just going into the win. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be fancy. They're just going to, you know, do the basics. So I, I don't know how far that's going to take them. But I think we said they'll be like an 8-18. and 18. Um, I thought that. You know, the Jets would be better, but the Jets, pretty much everybody on their team died. So, they're out of it. So, the Bills yeah. should get a nice bump. I'm looking at this Bills team. They should have a chance to make the playoffs. That defense is good. And I think they go into New England this week. Or, New England comes to them, one or the other. Um, so, we'll see how good they actually are. Because New England has been no surprise, but they have been rolling. Um so I I will say I'm I've have been pretty impressed by Josh Allen. He's been good. Um, he keeps plays alive. He's got a great arm. He's a good athlete. I, I like him a lot. Um, so the Bills are quietly three and zero. I don't think many people expect that. Um, so I'm excited to see what the Bills do. That defense for for those of you that aren't paying attention to them, that defense is for yeah, real. Yeah, um, that goes back to what I've said um, before about coaches just. You know, using your quarterback, their skills. One thing that came out about Josh Allen in the draft and people had questions about is the fact that his accuracy is off. But he has the size. Like, he's a huge quarterback. He can run. He can make plays with his legs. He's a big guy, and he has a huge arm. He's just inaccurate. So I love the way the Bills use him. I mean, they use his legs. They use his size to get uh, short yardage. 
they let him throw it deep every now and again, whether it's accurate or not. It's not like he's throwing 40 times a game. But they keep him in a pocket where he could be successful. And most coaches don't want to design their offense to do that. But since they have a legit defense, it's just move the ball, give your defense a rest, if you score, hey, give me a field goal. You know what I'm saying? The expectations are a little bit lower for him, which gives him a lot more freedom. It's not like a lot of pressure where you need to go out there and score me 40, 35 points a game. I mean, if they can score 20 points, then they're going to always have a chance to win with that defense. Breaking news, Melvin Gordon's yeah. ending his holdout. He's going to report to the team on Friday, right. on Thursday. But All right. So they're saying he probably won't play on – uh, this week, but yeah. So all you Austin Eckler have uh, uh, fantasy owners out there, no. good no. day, sir. Don't panic. Keep him around. Keep him around. Never know. Eckler balled out though, but I will say so now. It looks like while the Chargers, because um, the Chargers haven't looked great, and they've needed a playmaker. While while Eckler is great in the receiving game, he's not much of a runner. Um, I, I think that Melvin Gordon sh- has kind of showed his value. The Chargers are not going to pay him, but I'm willing to bet you that they would be 2-1, um, and one, maybe 3-0 and oh right now if they had Melvin Gordon playing uh, as opposed to 1-2 and two because they really needed some uh, – they need someone to be able to run out that clock when they've had a lead a couple times, and they basically haven't been able to do it. Austin Eckler, they only, he, they only ran with him nine times for 36 yards. So, um, yeah. That's not going to yeah, get they've it done. Kinda, they've all but went away from the run. I mean, after that first week where he looked like the reincarnation of the old Le'Veon Bell, you know, catching for 100 and running mm-hmm. for 100 or whatever. But now they do need that guy that they can just take some pressure off of Phillip Rivers. Um, it, he's just throwing it way too much, man. And <laughs> he's passing way too much. They have to get some easier, um, easier yardage. They have to be able to get that defense off the field because that defense isn't bad. They're just staying on the field way too long, and they have injuries on that defense. So they just need to have a way to control the clock, run the ball, and they need a playmaker, somebody that you can hand it off to and get you 30 or 40 yards. They haven't seen that with Austin Eckler. He's kind of like James Conner to me. James Conner's good, but he's no Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to take the ball and run for 80 yards and change the momentum. He's going to get 5 yards, 10 yards. Occasionally, if there's great blocking, he might run for 20. But he's not not a game changer to me. And that's the same thing with Austin Eckley. So, your playoff-bound Denver Broncos are now 0-3. Slow start. Um, (laughs) Slowest. (laughs) Slowest can be, really, actually. But uh, the Packers have a top-10 defense uh, right now. Um, Aaron Rodgers is just kind of getting by. Aaron Rodgers still does not look good. Um, he looks like a very pedestrian quarterback, 17 for 29, 235 yards, and one touchdown. But um, they're winning ball games, and I guess they don't really need Aaron Rodgers to do everything. They've kind of split the reps as far as the running game goes. Matt Mafleur seems to be a very big fan of uh, running back by committee for no reason. Um but Aaron Jones and uh, you know and Jamal Williams are both kind of taking over in that backfield. But the Packers are starting to look an awful lot like I don't know the <laughs> Titans. Um, <laughs> so if you own one of those receivers in fantasy, good luck. Um, you know it, I, the Packers' offense is a mess right now, but they're winning games. They're three and zero, and that defense seems to be at the first quarter of the season they seem to be pretty legit. Yeah, it's funny because I used to have this argument with my coworker all the time and I would say he's a big Dallas Cowboys fan and he kept calling Dak Prescott a dink and dunk player and that, that shit just draws me crazy cuz I'm like he's a dink and dunk player but look at the talent he has around him. And it's like, "Oh, but Aaron Rodgers does." It. Literally the only person that does that is fucking Tom Brady. <laughs> if you're not Tom Brady, you need talent on the outside to stretch the field and to make big plays like quarterbacks you know you hear throwing them open yeah if you throw it where they need to be you can make them but you still need people that can get open you're not getting open with Allen Hearns and Tavon Austin you know what I mean so now you have Aaron Rodgers where they you know like we talked about last part podcast Jordy Nelson got hurt and he hadn't looked as dynamic since then Devontae Adams has been a blessing in disguise for him because they didn't they 
he wasn't supposed to be what he is. You know what I'm saying? He could have been a – people thought he was going to be a good player, but not as great as he is. But now at this point, he right. doesn't even have a secondary option, so they're just loading up on Devontae Adams. Now, surprising part about yep. it is we talk about running back by committee. This has probably been one of the more effective running backs by committee, and it's, it's because they don't have a legit star. You know what I mean? Aaron Jones is good. Jamal Williams is decent, I think. I don't know. But they're effective in their running back by committee. And their defense has been better than expected. All of the talent seems like it's on defense. So Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna he isn't gonna lose you the game. He can win you a game. He's gonna win you a game. He's gonna win you one or two games this season. We already know that. But it's been basically been the defense. They got a Thursday night game against the Eagles who's struggling, beat up early just like last year. Hate those receivers, but I'm not gonna vent frustration on here. <laughs> That was awesome, that clip of the dude uh, from Philly. That was probably one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Unlike Aguilar, <laughs> uh, I just want to put that out there. Uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, then you got the Colts, the Falcons, um, and the Falcons. The Falcons just stink. Uh, they, they, I, I'm so shocked at how bad they are. They just don't look good at all. Matt Ryan missing Julio Jones. Um, you know, when he was wide open a couple times, it's, I mean. Just a little strange, but on the flip side of that, this Colts team I think is a playoff team. I think you and I both picked them to go to the playoffs. I know I certainly did. Um, I believed in Jacoby Brissett. That offensive line is one of the best, if if not the best, one of the best in in football. Uh, Marlon Mack looks good. T.Y. Hilton looks good. Um, Jacoby Brissett is, you know, I think he was 16 for 16 at one point in the game. And that defense is still very good, even though Darius Leonard is hurt. Um, this Colts team is good. You know what Jacoby Percent reminds me of, which is going to be a weird comparison. Fucking Rich Gannon. <laughs> Dude's just, he's just hey. really efficient. He's not, he's going to, he's really yep. accurate. He's really efficient. He's not going to take the deep ball unless it's just open. He's not going to beat you. He's going to take care of the ball. He's not going to throw picks. He's very efficient, very accurate, and he's going to keep the ball moving, keep the chain moving. So that's what you want at a, uh, um, that's what you want out of your quarterback if you have a really good defense. They are missing a lot of dynamic receivers also. I mean, Funch has got hurt. Um, they only have T.Y. Hilton who went out middle of the game last game. They don't have a lot of receivers. Marlon Mack's been beat up. Yeah, Pascal, somebody. I don't remember this guy's name. They, yeah, they, they talk about a pedestrian yeah, crew. Just staying efficient, staying on the field, moving the ball. Like, you can you can win without being dynamic on offense. Some coaches don't believe that. That's why you got Matt Nagy and his 75 different sets that he runs in one quarter. It's ridiculous. It's, it's sad. just way yeah. too much going on. He's running five running backs. Cordell Patterson's at running back. You got. It's, it's totally nuts. So, But you can simplify that and just play good defense. Your defense is good enough to win games, then just don't lose it with your offense. Give them a break, move the ball, run the ball, the simple things. Like you said in college football, that doesn't win anymore. But you know what? It still wins in the NFL if you have a good defense. There you go. There's the caveat. If you have a good defense, you're, you're fine. Go ask the Raiders who <laughs> do not have a good defense and think that they can run this West Coast offense. Um so you're twelve and four, thirteen and three, Cleveland Browns. Slow start. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's that. I just don't think that they're a great team. Um, as I suspected, they've got talent, but their offensive line is a mess. And uh, the real issue, as I also suspected, if you go back and listen to our show from uh, the previews, uh, I don't think Freddie Kitchens is a, is a is a head coach. I think he's a coordinator. The dude is working at like. Enterprise rent a car like I don't know five years ago or something like that. Like I mean, you know, th- this guy's not a head coach, and you can tell by some of his play calls that are not good. Um, you you just look at what the Browns are doing, and and it was a bit of a mess. Now on the flip side of that, the Rams were not that good looking either. Jared Goff looked pretty bad. Uh, Sean McVay for whatever reason looked like you know not that he was out coached because he certainly wasn't, but it, it wasn't like. He was uh, up to his best. Um, they've kind of abandoned the, the run game a little bit. I don't really know what the Browns are doing. They're 3-0, and but they don't seem like they're Rams. a good 3-0 and team. They just they just look yeah, okay. What did I say? Oh, I said Rams. Uh, I think maybe my, my accent <laughs> caught it there. Um, so, so, 
But the Browns stink. The Rams, they look just so okay. So the biggest problem here is um, this is the standard issue of going with the offense over the defense. Last year when they had their surge, Greg Williams took over. Greg Williams was the interim head coach. Freddie Kitchens was the OC. Freddie Kitchens got all of the glory because the offense was scoring points. But that was because the defense was playing so much better. That defense had been – last year, I know you think their defense was trash, but last year their defense was actually good. But that was under Greg Williams. Now, without Greg Williams, Freddie Kitchens is running the whole show. It's kind of like a Chip Kelly situation. Too much power. <laughs> you got way too much power. Now the offense is – Looks terrible. Nobody focused on going against O-line. The simple things that a defensive coordinator will look at because they're trying to protect their defense, I don't think Freddie Kitchen gave a shit about. That defense is not playing as well as it played last year. Yeah, they're still rushing the passer, but they're super undisciplined. They get, I think they're leading the league in penalties uh, by far. By far. Uh, it's just undisciplined. They're very, very undisciplined on defense. On offense, the offense isn't terrible, but the offensive line is terrible. So they can't get a lot of those deep plays that you're trying to run. And he hasn't adjusted his offense to shorten it up, quicker passes. Baker isn't letting it go. He's trying to use his athletic ability, and it's just stalling the offense. Every pass can't be a deep pass to OBJ. You know what I mean? Right. You- and that's and that's that's on Baker Mayfield, who you know he thinks that this is a Oklahoma or whatever he thinks it is, but. You know those windows they close a lot sooner, and his his numbers um, when throwing on the run or when when plays break down, his numbers are not good. It's now his numbers um, are pretty good when when he gets the ball out, and I think it's like under under three seconds. But he's I think it's like two point five seconds. His numbers are good, but he's on average holding the ball for th- over three seconds, which is the further the, the highest in the league. Which is let's a real be problem. clear, Baker has never been great. When he's holding the ball too long or he's scrambling out of the pocket. Yeah, that looks good when you're playing Iowa State and Texas Tech. But anytime he played teams that were really athletic, like a Texas or a Clemson, that gave us that gave Oklahoma real problems. Because he's not as fast as he thinks he is. <laughs> and he doesn't make as good a decision. He's a pocket passer. They need to put and go and run it up the middle. He's like a straightforward runner. He needs to be in a pocket, running up the middle. Anytime he's scrambling outside of the pocket, he's not as efficient. Uh, he's not fast enough to get to the outside. As we said, we got defensive ends that's running 4-4 that can chase you down. He runs like a 4-8, 4-9. It's just not good whenever he's been outside of the pocket. They should have secured that offensive line to give him a clean pocket or at least a pocket where he could step up and make throws. He doesn't have that. He's always kind of shuffling his feet and trying to find room to even throw the ball. That offensive line is like really terrible. They should be trying to go out and get Trent Williams. There's no reason why they should be holding on to draft picks. I mean, they should be give Washington whatever they want. You know, and one thing that I've noticed, uh, well, not that I've noticed, but one thing that has come to light as people start to look into Baker Mayfield because he runs his damn mouth so much um, and puts a target on his back. And then of course you've got OBJ who can't shut the hell up either. So there's, there's a target on the Browns, but going back to last year, um, I don't think that Cleveland, well, specifically Baker Mayfield as a starter, has beaten anyone good. I don't think he's beat a single winning team uh, other than Pittsburgh yeah, uh, going back to Pittsburgh. last year. So kind of tells me that he um, he he shines against bad defenses, but when, when, as you said, athletic, good defenses, he really struggles. And so that's why and I said in jest that he's, he's the next Derek Carr, but I, and I, I don't believe that. But... Um, I'm I'm not as in on Baker Mayfield as I was. Um, I, I'm I'm in wait and see mode. It's year two of him being a starter. Maybe he figures it out. But um, I think, as I said in the preseason, people need to chill with blowing so much smoke up the Browns' ass because I don't think well, we all right. know in the NFL. Whenever you declare like a super team, it never goes right. <laughs> Something always goes wrong. Correct. They never live up to expectations. I will put the blame here squarely on Freddie Kitchens. I mean, they made the wrong decision. I know uh, Greg Williams has the scarlet letter on his head ever since he had the, uh, what they call it, um, the bounty, bounty gate. Uh, yeah, the bounty so, gate. I mean, Greg Williams yeah. really should have won that head coaching position because all those wins came with Greg Williams as the head coach. Freddie Kitchens was just the OC. They thought that it would just be the same if they put 
Freddie Kitchens as the offensive, I mean, as the head coach and let him call the plays. Freddie Kitchens seems like the guy that needs someone over him telling him, no, don't call this. No, run the ball. That's what Greg Correct. Williams was good Correct. at. Correct. Yeah, don't do a draw no, fourth no, and nine. Don't do that. We, we need the ball back. And with Greg Williams there, Greg yeah. Williams being as assertive as he is, he kept that offense in check, and he kept it simple. So it was simple, depend on the defense, and that allowed Baker Mayfield to be more dynamic because you had to get the ball out your hands. It's running the ball with Chubb, pounding it with Chubb, play action, you know, quick passes, get it out your hand. That's what you saw last year. You're not seeing that this year. You're seeing all these – like I said, I don't like putting offensive coordinators at head coach. They do too much, and <laughs> they got too much power. Too yep. much power. <laughs> Get too cute, you know. Um, so let's talk about the New York Giants. They were able to pull out Danny a win by the hair on their chinny chin chin. Danny Dimes, uh, pretty weak nickname. <laughs> I like you know, that whatever. nickname. He looks, uh, he looks really damn good, is the way he looks. Um, you know, he's athletic as hell. He's fast. He's um, Got a great arm. Uh, makes you wonder what the hell the Giants have been doing. But um, it's time. There's, there's no going back to Eli now, for sure. And um, I'm I'm curious to see what they've got in Daniel Jones because he came out and he really shocked me. He looked really yes. good. And now, of course, you're getting all these people who are like, yeah, I, I thought he was good coming out. You know, all this kind of – you got all these pundits who, of course, they called – they pegged him to be the best quarterback in the draft, of course. Yeah, it was – Danny Dimes had one of the funniest drafts I've ever seen because leading up to the draft, like he had like all the hype. Teams were saying that he was with Cutter. He's just like Peyton Manning, all this other stuff. And they were building him up, building him up just to tear him down like a week or two before the draft. Then when the draft came, people just started tearing him down and dissecting him and he's not this and that. So then it's, it's like they knew the Giants were going to take him. Like he was this you know, building up to the draft, he's a high prospect. And then when they started getting word that the Giants were going to take him, everyone just did a counteract. You know what I'm saying? This is the worst draft pick ever. Blah blah blah. I like him. I like him. I think I think he's proved he's going to prove a lot of people wrong. Like you said, he's very very accurate. He showed it in the preseason. People were down and saying, "Ah, oh, it's bland offenses, bland defenses." Yeah, but you see a lot of people look bad in the preseason with those same bland offenses and bland defenses. He's very, very accurate. Like you said, he's very athletic. But the one thing that the Giants hadn't had in a long time, he's a playmaker. Tucking the ball, running it, running out of the pocket, making passes. You hadn't seen that dynamic. Even when Eli Manning was good, he wasn't doing that. Just having a quarterback that can make plays to win the game. I mean, that last play where the game went in touchdown, he read the field, saw they were in man-to-man coverage, and just ran the ball. Even if Eli would have ran that, he wouldn't have got past the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so, so he um – he apparently got up to 19 miles an hour on that run, which is the third fastest in the league behind uh, Lamar <laughs> Jackson and somebody. I can't – well, damn, my stat went away. But he it was the third fastest in the league uh, this year behind Lamar Jackson and some other fast-ass quarterback. So um, – oh, Kyler Murray. Uh, so really good to see that um, – yeah, I mean, looks like they've got a quarterback there. Uh, you know, we'll kind of pump the brakes on 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 you know him being the next, but uh, he looked good. He but, damn sure looked but in good. Pure so. Giants look. <laughs> he looks good. Then Saquon Barkley goes down with a high ankle sprain, and that's what we talked about early in the year. That's why you don't fuck around early in the season and waste games because you don't know what could happen to your star running back. You have to take advantage when he's there. Now you got Danny Dimes in there. He looks like a quality quarterback. And Saquon Barkley goes down. And it sounds like he's on the back end of that four to eight weeks. It sounds like sounds like he's got right. a pretty bad injury. So, And what people don't realize with high ankle sprains is sometimes it's better to break your leg um, because they linger. And I, w- I would legitimately be shocked if he's back in four weeks. Um, hell, I'd be shocked if he's back in eight weeks. Those things, are depending on how severe it is, I mean, it it can it can sit you down. I mean, you feel those yeah. for a couple of years. It's, it's a so. positional thing too. Uh, running backs are all off of their cuts, sticking your foot in the ground, yep. and that's that's directly with the stability of your ankle to be able to stick your foot in the ground and push off of it. Um, so it keeps them out. High ankle sprains keeps running backs out longer than it may keep a wide receiver out, uh, and that's that's going to be the biggest problem with him. And how it was explained to me, whenever you severely sprain your ankle, it pretty much weakens 
the ligaments in your ankles forever, depending on how severe. Like a minor sprain, yeah, then they're kind of weak. But a high ankle sprain where you do real damage to those ligaments, they never build that strength up again, and you're always vulnerable to those sprains. As Steph Curry. Um, so, speaking of Lamar Jackson, um, the Chiefs and the Ravens had a pretty good game. Uh, the game wasn't as close as the score indicates. Um, you know, they, they kind of got a touchdown right at the end to, to bring it to within five. But Lamar Jackson looks like he's for real. He's still developing. He missed some wide open receivers. Uh, you know, I, there was a play he missed Mark Andrews wide open in the end zone. Um, I saw a stat that kind of blew my mind about um, uh, Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs have not scored under 26 points with him as a quarterback. Insane. That is insane. Um, this like we keep talking about it. I've never seen anything like this dude, man. I've never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes. And it goes back um, to me thinking, how the hell could Texas Tech not win over eight games with this dude at quarterback? Yeah, I mean, so let's promote that head coach to an NFL. Obviously, I mean that works out. But you know, I the Chiefs are going to get beat at some point this year. They're, that defense is horrid. Um, you know, I'm not sure that they're the favorite to come out of the AFC. I think that New England, especially with that defense, is is probably better. But, I mean, you have to think the Chiefs are right there. Um, you know, but that that offense has a lot of speed. Miko Harmon is lightning fast. And, you know, two receptions, 97 yards. I mean, um, and then once Tyreek Hill comes back, I mean... Good luck. Good luck, everybody. Good luck stopping them. Um, but you, they can be had on off or on defense. So um, I'm curious to see some of the matchups that come up for them down the road. But it, it looks like they are just rocking and rolling. They're going to be tough and to beat. Typically in the NFL, you see these offenses come out. And then very next season, then you see like a counter to those offenses, something that gives them trouble. We haven't found what really gives Patrick Mahomes trouble. It seems like he can do everything. There's almost nothing this dude can't do. I mean, if you want to do underneath passes, he can do that efficiently. And uh, as any quarterback, he can throw it deep as efficiently as any quarterback. He can roll out of the pocket either side. He can run. Like, there's – And he he doesn't yeah. throw picks. <laughs> I mean, he's got a high completion percentage for someone who throws as deep as he does as often as he does. But he does not throw picks. Um, I wonder, has any team just he's an like anomaly, man. said, fuck it, and just all out blitz them? <laughs> yeah, but you do that, and you, I mean, you got two dudes Pressing. on the outside, three dudes Pressing. on the outside that can just That's run. Was... But but let me ask you this. That all sounds good, but then what the hell do you do with Travis yeah, Kelsey? That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's because Travis Kelsey's big, fast, and there's not a lot of people that can do anything with him so like they just have so many weapons their running back position is a bit of a concern um shady looked good but he re-aggravated his his ankle injury um but you know so that's the only point where you could say that they're weak but even i mean LaShawn mccoy is still a damn good running back and damian williams is good out of the backfield even though he didn't play this past week but they were able to put uh darrell williams in and keep it keep it moving so um Offensively, there's not really a, a, a weak, weak point for them. If you have to point it out, I'm, I'm going to guess it's the running back position, but even that's still not terribly weak. Yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I guess the only thing that you can hope for is when the cold weather comes and you really need to depend on that running game because right now it's warm. I mean, so you see you see them kind of letting this rip. That's kind of what New England does. In the warm weather, they kind of just let it fly, let Tom Brady loosen his arm, and then when the cold weather starts to hit, they – kind of hamper down on the run game and I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to do that with the running game they have now so it'll be interesting to see if someone can put a, put together a game plan to actually slow that offense down but what I want to talk about is is there a quarterback controversy in Carolina Brewing? Yes um, Cam Newton to this point has not looked good he has a Liz Frank injury where he's going to make, miss four to yeah. six weeks I think with, and with Liz Frank injuries, those usually put you down for the season. Um, and Kyle Allen has looked good. Although, I thought the press conferences between him and uh, Kyler Murray were pretty funny. They clearly do not <laughs> like each other. Um, but, 
Kyle Allen looked good. And, you know, to come in and really elevate that offense, he threw for four touchdowns, 261 yards, um, and was very efficient, 19 of 26. That offense looked really damn good. Now, they were playing the Cardinals, so let's kind of slow it down a little bit. But um, if he keeps this up, there there had been rumblings that Cam is probably done in Carolina this season anyway. You and I kind of talked about it. Cam does not look like he's happy to play football or happy to be alive right now. So um, there's something there. I don't know if I, I don't know what it is. Uh, Cam, since he's been in the league, has been one of the top quarterbacks in the league, and this season to this point, I mean, it could be the shoulder injury, it could be whatever. Um, he has looked like a bottom half quarterback. Yeah, I, mean, I think. Like I said before, I think the problems with Cam is that they're trying to make him into something that he's not. Like, Cam didn't become one of the top picks in the draft by sitting in the pocket throwing the ball. I mean, point blank, period. You can say whatever you want. Like, he can throw it. Maybe he can. But that's not what makes Cam Newton Cam Newton. They have to use Cam Newton running. I know the whole thing is, hey, I got to save my quarterback and he can't take those hits. Honestly, Cam Newton's big enough where he should be able to take those hits. Everybody's going to get hurt. It's football. But you use your quarterback's best talents, and that's again, that's why I like what Harbaugh does with uh, with Lamar Jackson. They use all his talents. There's no reason that he should be sitting in the pocket throwing the ball 25, 30 times a game. Yes, he's going to have some good games where he picks it apart because he can throw it, but he's not Aaron Rodgers. They should be using Cam Newton like you're supposed to use Cam Newton. The last two years, because of injuries, and because of some, they wanted him to be a pocket passer. Maybe he wants to be a pocket passer. They haven't been using him to his skill set. He hasn't been running the ball as often. He hasn't been running in for touchdowns. Uh, they have to use him more, man. Just like the game that they lost, what, two weeks ago on Thursday Night Football? It was like fourth and inches. And they did a direct snap to Christian McCaffrey for him to run seven yards to the outside to get an inch. And you have a 6'6", like 260-pound quarterback. <laughs> you just – Tom Brady gets that all day. Why can't Cam Newton push forward, get the first down? Like, whenever you're trying to protect your quarterback to that point, you're not going to win, especially when that's his best asset. Yeah, so I'm curious to see uh, what's going to happen in Carolina because if if, if Kyle Allen um, continues to play like this, yeah, I mean, I think – I'm, I'm not going to say Cam's done, but it's definitely it wouldn't shock me if he's not with them next year. But, I, but I'm not a full um, believer in Kyle Allen. No, 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 no. Yeah, let's let's slow it down a little bit. He had a good game. You know, everybody's so quick to – that's the problem. Everybody lives in the now. Like, you know, one good game and this dude's the next and the last dude just ain't shit. So um, – I don't, I don't think they went in hype. there thinking about, you know, shutting down Kyle Allen. Right, yeah. So as soon as they start getting tape on him, same with Gardner Minshew and Daniel Jones. We'll see how really good you are. Ask Baker Mayfield. Um, is Dalvin Cook the best running back in the league like right it. now? He damn sure looks like it. I mean, he had a I mean, lot of hype come out of college. We're seeing all the reasons why he was hyped come out of college. It seems like the only thing that can stop that kid is injuries. His footwork is elite. His speed is elite. Um he is damn good. He was good at the Florida Vikings, State, though. The too. Vikings look. Oh yeah, he was. That that um, that Vikings defense is really good. Um, I think the the thing with with them that's gonna hold them back. Yeah, Kirk Cousins trash. stinks. Um, he just does. He he's not good. Um, you know when when they're running the ball with Adam Thielen instead of letting Kirk Cousins throw. Uh, that tells you all you need to know about. It, Kirk it's Cousins. crazy too because um, they have so many offensive weapons. Case Keenum. Did did well with just stealing Kyle Rudolph and Diggs. Now you gave um, Cousins, Dalvin Cook, and shit. Even Madison coming off the bench is good, and still can't just easily move the ball. It baffles me. Like I've just never been a Kirk Cousins fan. I told you like there was that time in Washington when they had to actually have a team meeting about him throwing the ball down the field when they had. Uh, Jamison Crowder, Deshaun Jackson, Pierre Garçon. They had like a crew of just deep ball runners, and he would just did not want to throw it down the field. He's a West Coast quarterback, and that's not good for a wide-open offense like they had. Yeah, so um, on the flip side of the ball, the Raiders must have heard what we said last week and really <laughs> took it to heart because they really put in a <laughs> shitty performance. 
Um, I, I was watching this game, and I got so frustrated. You Typically, I'll watch the game all the way through, but the Raiders look really bad, and I stopped watching after halftime. Um, you know, I'm starting to think that Derek Carr and John Gruden are not a fit. Um, Derek Carr doesn't, he doesn't really thrive in this West Coast offense. He is a dink and dunk quarterback, but I'm starting to think that that is by design at this point. I've never seen so many fucking screens on third and long that you want to throw a wide receiver screen, like a bubble screen, or a, a halfback screen, or a two-yard out when you need four yards. It just, what is this? I mean, you know, either Derek Carr's not a fit, or Gruden. I, I can't figure out what the Raiders' deal is on offense. The defense has improved, and we've talked about that, but there's no running game to speak of in Oakland. You know, they, they don't really give Josh Jacobs the ball. And I, I get that he was sick. But, I mean, they gave him the ball. And the dude gets – every game he breaks out for a 20-yard run. I think the long – well, an 18-yard run was the long in this game for him. But when he gets the ball, he makes plays. They don't throw it to him when he can – when he's a very good uh, pass catcher out of the backfield. And they don't really run the ball with him. I just can't figure out what the Raiders are – what the game plan is. One week they look like they've got it together, and the next week they look like – absolute horseshit so i don't know what the fuck the raiders are doing they're they, they're probably going to be that jekyll and hyde eight and eight team that we talked about or they're going to be you know seven and nine somewhere in that neighborhood i i don't think they're terrible i don't think they're good but they're very well i'll give you the same argument that i give about dak prescott people uh you can only you can only operate with what your talent gives you do you guys have any legitimate stretch to field players well, Tyrell Wilson, Tyrell Williams is very a very yeah, very but good I mean receiver. now the defense um, know that the first two weeks, I mean he caught Denver off guard trying to play one on one coverage, no safety help, he burnt them. Week two, people kind of got hip to it, and now they're now they're focusing on him. Yeah, you guys have two offensive weapons. You have Tyrell Williams, you have Waller. After that, and. Darren Waller yeah, is legitimate. Those aren't <laughs> so, field players. That's hit the middle of the field. And even right. Tyrell Williams, they're putting a safety over him now, so now he has to do more underneath routes. You have But you have speed with uh with oh, JJ okay. Nelson who can yeah. who can oh, get okay. open. Uh, well now I'm not I'm not saying that like but it's a guy who who you have to respect yeah. speed wise who's done yeah, it yeah, in this league. Before. I don't feel I've seen Derek Carr stretch the field. I've seen him let it go. I I, I, I think it's his yeah, I think I it's his talent and he around just him. Isn't. I wouldn't either. I'm not I'm not throwing the ball to JJ Nelson. I I'm in a I'm close uh, to a I mean, contract. I can't year. I can't super <laughs> I can't super argue with you on that, but my point is you got you do have Josh Jacobs is a playmaker out of the backfield and he's shown that in every game that he's played so far. Um but he's just not getting any any work out of the passing. So it's almost like if he's in the game, we know that they're running. Um Jalen Richard is a capable receiver out of the backfield. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Hunter, I'm actually very impressed with Hunter Renfro. Um, he he catches everything, uh, and he gets open. Now, if you if you man up on him, he's in trouble because he's a small dude, and they can just move him around. But I agree with you. It's not like it's not like AB is there right now. You know what I mean? Like they coming into this season, having Antonio Brown with Tyrell Williams with Darren Waller with. Josh Jacobs, that would have been a very dynamic offense. But now, instead of Tyrell being your number two that you brought in, he's forced to be the number one, and he's probably. Yeah, I not think that that, um, that AB kind of kind of screwed everything up. I think they were planning for just what you said, AB to be the one that really stretches the field, opens it up for the whole offense. Tyrell Williams to be that um, second receiver to AB to open things up for him. You have Jacobs give him some more room. But as of right now, everybody that you just named, I can play. Not in the box and stop everybody you just named. <laughs> you know what I mean? Probably I can put everybody in the box. Hunter Renfro is not going past me. Josh Jacobs isn't going past 10 yards. Nobody that you just named is really going to beat me for a bit. Not going to really gash me. The only person that has shown that they could gash you is Tyrell Williams. So you just put a little bit of help on that side. Push the safety over there and then put nine in the box. Um, that's pretty much everything, man. Before we get out of here, anything you want to touch on? Yeah, man. Do you wish AB well? I mean, he he's not he's lost his job last week to the Patriots. I know you're really tight with him. I know you have a deep connection with Antonio Brown. <laughs> How'd you deal with him being cut by the Pats and not being in the NFL anymore? 
I could not be more excited <laughs> for this man. Um, they really wanted to give him the opportunity to go back to school, yeah. get his education. He clearly <laughs> needed it. Um, so they did him a favor, it seems like. Um, but good. <laughs> Fuck AB. Uh, you know what? You you start writing writing checks and acting like you're better than everybody else, and they're going to show you. Uh, you know, At the end of the day, as talented as he is, you're you you've always said this people don't like distractions man the nfl teams do not like distractions and whether that be from a coaching standpoint i know for a fact that when he was cut by the raiders that 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 the players in that locker room were not sad to see him go and then it's funny because everybody's kind of looking at it now now you see him with a different attitude it was all funny when he left the raiders and he was like i'm free and running around in circles the Mm -hmm. only reason he was doing that is because there was definitely tampering with the Patriots. We've already talked about that. There's it, no way he's that exciting. There was a short time period for them to do it because if he played, he was on that roster week one, then the Raiders would have been just as stuck with him as he would have been stuck with the Raiders because once you give a player guaranteed $15 million, that was a signing bonus that he was going to get, I believe. So he was going to get a large chunk of that money like week one. And the Raiders weren't going to let him go after that. So he pushed to get himself released, and he knew he could get that money from New England. Now New England let him go, and they're not even going to pay him that money. So now he's truly fucked himself out of $30 million, and at least fifteen. And so it's, now you see a different reaction yep. out of him, talking about he's never playing again. Now he's going to the Players Association. If I was a Players Association, I would not want to back him. I, I mean, you have to because he's a player. But what he's doing for other players, he's kind of fucking up the guaranteed money for them because he manipulated them into cutting him goes to another team then other things come out and then he gets cut and he loses that guaranteed money now he wants to cry about it well you should just set your ass down with the raiders and then you would have gotten at least 15 million of your money you got half of that 30 million dollars in one season if you would just played it out with the raiders but no you thought you were smarter than the system you go to the pats you should know 100 percent if one girl comes out that there's going to be others you should be in a situation now where you're trying to protect your money because at any time you could be put on that exempt list. Anybody that's ever been accused of anything, they at least had a second accuser come out. You know what I mean? And if you're doing shit like AB, yeah. you know what you've done. You know what situations you've been. You think she's going to be the only one that she just made it okay? And then you do the stupid thing of texting I mean, the girl and trying to intimidate her? Like, it's, it's the dumbest decisions I've ever it, seen. It sounds like... AB is just, I, and everybody wants to make light of it, oh, it's CTE and all this stuff, but either he's been this way and he's just an asshole, or there is something seriously wrong with this man, and um, I'm glad I just, I'm just glad I don't have to talk about him anymore. I've never seen somebody fall from grace this fast. I mean, people were comparing it to T.O. or Randy Moss, you know, with their no, situation, but no, I've never seen a dude go from one of the best players in the league, arguably top 10 players in the league, at really the tail, you know, still in his prime, probably the tail end of it, be probably done out of the league forever. I I don't see a scenario where he gets resigned. Nah, it's hard to see him ever playing for a team again. But he has talent. I mean, Drew Rosenhaus is saying somebody will probably take a flyer on him um, next year if none of these allegations. Because one of the girls, it's just that it's just him being an asshole. The second girl didn't even. She's not even doing anything. She yeah, wasn't even going to press charges. Just talking. I mean, they asked her. They probably paid her for the yeah. interview. She probably was broke and wanted some money. Then she just did the yeah. interview. There was no reason to do anything. Then you try to intimidate her. So now she's meeting with the NFL. It's just a snowball effect. At the end of the day, I don't know if anything comes out of this. I don't think, I mean, none of them are legal cases. They're all civil suits. If he could just chill and shut the fuck up the rest of the year, they'll probably go away. If Kareem Hunt can get back in the league, then A.B. can definitely get back in the league. I don't think his career is totally over. I think he's done for this year. Um, I don't know what the deadline is to pick somebody up for the playoffs, but it's going to it's gonna heavily depend on him just chilling the fuck out, and I'm not sure he can. <laughs> yeah, because he's still going around. I mean, his social media shit is still wild. Um, I don't know. I mean, you're a little bit more optimistic than I am. I just think that this dude, I, I don't think at this point he's worth the headache. Um, because like you said, man, or like I've always said, you know, diva receivers and, and really receivers like that, there's not many teams that that can say, oh, I'm a receiver away from a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like what what team is like, oh, we're Antonio Brown away from a Super Bowl? The best team that was going to do it was Washington the Washington Redskins. <laughs> I mean, you know, there you go. You know, by the way, Terry McLaurin, 
That dude looks yeah, like he's the truth. Look, he, he reminds me of T.Y. Hilton. Um, just pure speed, good yeah, route runner. Like he I mean, the made truth. a good point. Yeah, good they made a good point. I mean, he was there doing one of the all-time periods of DBs at Ohio State. So, shit. <laughs> he should be good. I mean, he yeah. practiced against those dudes for three years. He should be ready for the NFL. What yeah, happened to Paris good. Campbell? Didn't Paris Campbell get drafted ahead of him? He's been a no-show in the league. Yeah, yeah, haven't even heard his name. I think he's caught one touchdown, but yeah, for the overwhelming, I haven't heard much from him. So, um, you know, still young in the season, though. New quarterback, we'll see. Um, but they, the 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 Colts are going to need him to, to to step up. I bet I bet they wish they had Terry yeah, McLaurin at this point. It's those decisions, those scouts, man. So, so. all right, man. That's it for the week. Um, like we said, we got training camp kicking off next week. Uh, we got hockey starting next week. We got baseball playoffs starting next week. We got the uh, the WNBA finals next week. I mean, just whatever you want, whatever you're into, it's here, folks. It's here. It's time. Unless it's college basketball, which nobody's into. Uh, you know, other than that, it's, it's time. Heels, it's time. Man. Hey, man. The next time, man, y'all need to the Razorbacks need to schedule a little bit easier schedule, man. You can't be bringing powerhouses in here, man, if you're trying to win seven, eight getting games, whooped man. Up like, San Jose State is working on a dynasty. That quarterback that quarterback probably going to go pro off this game field. Paying a team $1.5 million to come in and whoop your ass? I mean, <laughs> It's a nice game take for that quarterback and receiver, man. I'm telling you, they're going to get a tryout. <laughs> yeah. Arkansas here making everybody. They're gonna, uh, so. they gonna white the names out. They're gonna blur the names out on a jersey and say, "Look what we did against this SEC team." <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's all I got for <laughs> Arkansas right now. I, I just I, I can't. So, all right, y'all. That's it. That's y'all. We'll holler Peace. at y'all next week. Peace.